eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Oh, Trojan fans! Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Sunday. Today on the podcast, we are talking with the coach, Harvey Hyde. You can follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde or go to his website, HarveyHyde.com, for all of his content about USC's 56 to 10 absolute domination of the Stanford Cardinal. Probably the last time these two teams will face each other in, uh, well, at least for the foreseeable future. We'll see where college football goes. Uh, and right now, it doesn't look like USC and Stanford will be playing again. So uh, if you want to go out with a rival, someone you've played over 100 years, I would say that's a good way to do it. 50, uh, 56 to 10, including 49 to 3 uh, at halftime. Absolute destruction. Merciless uh, performance by Lincoln Riley and the Chargers. So we're going to talk to the coach, Harvey Hyde, about all of that. If you have any questions for the show, podcast at uscfootball.com, or you go to our website. I'm sorry. You go to our website, uh, uscfootball.com, for all the information. If you want to leave us a voicemail or send us a text, a question for this podcast, you can do that, 424-254-9141. That is our number. And if you have the Apple Podcasting app, we'd really appreciate a follow over there, which means you uh, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. And then if you leave us a five-star rating and review, that helps to uh, grow and tell your friends about it and everything. We appreciate that. We appreciate the coach coming on to talk about all things uh, Pac-12 Football, Pac-12, USC football. Pac-12 football is going away, coach. Uh, and this is a real, really weird way to kind of end this rivalry. I mean, it was so one-sided. It was almost a little sad to me, coach, that the, that it had to kind of go out this way. Well, let me tell you, there's always a reason for things, okay? And I don't know if the Pac-12 is going to go away. We can talk about that, too, a little bit later if you want to. But there's a reason why Stanford is... Um, I don't want to say how poor they are, but uh, they are. And I don't hold that against the kids in any way. I think it's embarrassing for people who follow Stanford football, like, you know, the great coaches that have coached there, Harbaugh, Welch, Bill Welch, and, you know, it goes on and on and on with these great coaches that have been there. And the great players, Plunkett, and goes on and on and on, the players that have played there, and the Rose Bowl appearances they've they've had, and 
uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, to have a program drop that quickly, to, it can't happen unless it was a plan or someone didn't care. And uh, it has, and David Shaw, uh, I think, got burned out at the end, and he's probably having problems with the administration as far as getting players in, change of philosophy, and also the portal came along, and he just uh, got burned out. And when that happened, uh, it all just fell apart because uh, a program can't be that bad after being that good without someone not giving a damn. Because it's embarrassing for the alumni, it's embarrassing for the university, it's embarrassing to put the kids out there in a position where they're humiliated like that in front of an audience on national television and also a group of people at the Coliseum. And uh, I hate to see that type of program disappear like it is. And now going to the ACC, I mean... uh, they should have stayed right where they were and probably gone to the Mountain West Conference. And I'm not sure if they could beat San Jose State. I think San Jose State's better than they are. So we'll see what happens with their program. We'll see if their alumni put pressure on the administration or trustees or whatever. But it's going to be a long year for the Stanford Cardinal. It's going to be a long year, an embarrassing year, because they'll probably get it every week. Yeah, it's you know I thought they looked okay against Hawaii last week, and I'm like, okay, they'll they'll be uh, they'll be better under Troy Taylor. But this was, I mean, the, I tweeted this out. Now, uh, some probably in the the second quarter at some time, coach where it was like, what happened? Like, did uh, Troy Taylor like kick Lincoln Riley's dog or something? Because it literally was merciless. Like they were going to they were going to destroy Stanford. It was forty nine to three at halftime is redonkulous. It's just crazy. Um, I don't know if you've seen anything like that, like a half of football that was dominated like that, but it, I, I don't think it was personal. I don't think there's anything personal between Lincoln Riley and Troy Taylor. I mean, I think Lincoln Riley's on a mission and they, they want to have that killer instinct, but it just seemed like Stanford was the, was the unfortunate victim, like in the way of this, like speeding train or something. Well, they could do anything they wanted. When they threw the football, they could do anything they wanted. When they ran the football, they could do anything they wanted. And when that happens, you say, well, what can't we do? So you might as well go out and do it. If they're that bad, it's not your fault as far as USC. You've got to have your kids get ready. You're going into a bye. You can't have them not practice. What are you going to do? Tell them they can't do anything for a week and a half, two weeks until they play again? So you've got to play them and you've got to you know, get your timing down and Go through all of the things, your reads, and things you have to work on. Plus, you got to keep all your players happy. And, uh, you know, maybe they substituted me, myself, if you're asking me, substitute too early. And if you want to get into that, we can talk about that, too. But, you know, 49-3 to is what they deserve, 49-3. to uh, But is that the type of football program they put on the field? So you thought they substituted too early? Oh, yeah. Yeah, if I was coaching that team, and this is this is just my opinion, okay? And I'm not second-guessing him. I'm just saying if I was the head football coach, okay, I would go in the half with all the momentum on my side. I would tell my team, okay, guys, it's 0-0 at halftime. The third quarter and the fourth quarter are the most important quarters of the game because at halftime, the halftime score doesn't mean anything. And I'm trying to prepare them for the future. So I'm going to go out there with the same momentum and see if we can pick up with the same momentum and not let it go away 
and play another half a quarter. If they're that bad, that's their fault. I'm not going to penalize my team as far as getting itself conditioned and playing when I know they're going to have a week off. And I don't want it to drop down. If you notice, the intensity dropped down. Uh, they were, the sideline dropped down. Everything dropped down. They only got seven points or whatever it was in the second half. Nobody cared. And why do you want to play football when nobody cares? Even the crowd left because when they saw, they started substituting. So you want to you want to come out. You want to keep the momentum going. If it got to be 60, it's not your fault. You've got to keep your backs happy, too. Work on your running game. Work on things you need to get your timing on. Polish a little bit. Do the things uh, you need to do. But uh, that's what I would have done. Lincoln Riley chose not to do that, but I would have gone probably uh, half of the third quarter. Then I'd have brought in the reserves, and I would have let them with the momentum still up there and the excitement still in there, then continue the game. Yeah, no, I know. I, I see what you're saying. Um, I mean, it's there's something to be said for having Miller Moss play an entire half of, of football, you know, and getting some of those guys in there. And I, I think Lincoln Riley was sort of upset after the game. I mean, he had, you know, was complaining about the way the offensive line played and uh, in the second half and things like that. I guess when you play such a perfect first half of football and the game is just so out of reach, I mean, I, I guess, I don't know, there, you probably can't make a wrong decision at that point. Um, but it was, I don't know that that first half coach was something that I don't remember seeing all three phases. Um, I think Lincoln Riley uh, framed it as all three sides, you know, where special teams, which have been, you know, bad at times. He was talking about how well the special teams played that it wasn't just, you know, the big return, like Zachariah branch, there was really good blocking and, they were, you know, one penalty away from Michael Jackson scoring again on another return. And he was really happy with the way special teams played. He was really happy, obviously, the way the defense played. Like, what else could you do? You give up three points to your start, the starters, and, and that's it. Um, obviously, on offense, you know, they punted once. <laughs> they had, you know, they had one not good drive. Everything else, they just scored. It's, it's hard to put together football and make it, were the point where there's there's almost nothing you could say that was wrong with that first half. No, it was it was a good half, and they did play well. And uh, you have to say uh, good things about it because that's what you practice for. And uh, to be upset in the second half is a lot of it because of momentum and the kids losing the edge in the second st- uh, half and not playing your level of football but dropping down to their level of football. And uh, you can't do that. You've got to make them come up and play your level of football because that's what you're going to be expecting to do when you go ahead and play other teams. So, you know, the, the kicking game I thought was great. I love seeing explosive kissing, kicking games, kickoff returns, punt returns, and so on. I don't know why they kicked the ball to them. To tell you the truth, I kicked the ball out of bounds. But people, uh, I don't know, they coach a different way. And uh, they do that, but why would you even take a chance of uh, allowing him to touch the football in the end zone? I kick it way out of the end zone if I could, or kick for the corners, where it'd be very difficult to field. And on a punt, I'd just kick it away from him. There'd be no question in my mind. But I guess some of these special teams coaches are trying to overthink themselves. Yeah, well, I mean, that's we'll kind of go through um, some of the aspects of the game coach for – USC, I guess if you want to start on the uh, the offensive side of the ball, it was um, over 400 yards 
in the first half, pretty much you could do, you know, USC could do whatever, uh, you know, whatever it wanted, um, what, you know, whatever you wanted to do out there. Caleb Williams was very efficient. He's the most um, highest rated quarterback in the country uh, through the first couple of weeks of the season. I mean, they were running the ball uh, really well. I mean, a lot of different guys uh, caught passes. Um, it just spread. It seemed like it was just spread out all over the place. I love the way Marshawn Lloyd ran. Uh, he had a, a nice touchdown Had another one called back for penalty, uh, Austin Jones against his former team. He ended up getting a touchdown. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was just one of those things that it, on offense, it just didn't seem like there was anything that Stanford could do, could, could do to stop them. I mean, Caleb Williams was 19 of 21, 281 yards, three touchdowns. He had a nice touchdown run, just adding to Heisman numbers, um, any kind of thoughts on you know what they did on offense, Coach? No, they more or less had their will. Uh, I think uh, when they score eight or nine touchdowns, and I think uh, eight or nine different people or seven or eight different people scored touchdowns. So I think that's really good and a great opportunity for morale and so on. Uh, Rice comes in, one play, catches a touchdown. I mean, it's absolutely tremendous. I mean, and they had a punt return a call back because of a holding penalty. So they really did. Uh, play a pretty good football game, and it was wide open. I mean, it was like they'd have been better off scrimmaging themselves, okay? They would have had a better effort as far as getting better if they played themselves uh, last night. And I hate to say that against a fine university like Stanford, but they were just outmatched in every position. They they couldn't match up with USC in any way. And it just made it one of those type of football games that if Caleb would have gone the whole game, they'd had 100 or 70 if they just spread the field on them because they can't match up with their speed and and the running game and everything else. So they just warmed down, and in the second half, they just went flat, USC. And that's what the difference was. They still had better players as far as the second team was concerned and so on. It just the momentum changed, and uh, and that's what happened. So, you know, it's hard to – that type of game uh, – I don't want to say it's a boring football game, Every football game is really exciting, but you sort of lost your interest in it because there wasn't any challenge in it. Yeah, no, I think that was the the interest level dropped for sure at halftime. I would say heading into it, though, when it was clearly out of hand and the scores just kept coming, I mean, there was the one play, Caleb Williams to Brendan Rice, touchdown. I mean, there was just it just seemed like, all right, how do we want to score – on this drive. And there was, you know, seven different touchdowns, seven different dudes scored, uh, scored those touchdowns. So it was spread out, um, you know, all over the place. And you had Marshawn Lloyd score, um, you know, Austin Jones score. You had, uh, Lake McCree get a touchdown. Um, there, it was just, you know, Dorian Singer had a great touchdown. Uh, Brendan Rice had a, a nice, you know, that 75 yarder. It just seemed like, it was one of those things where it you you almost had to just pick like who's going to go in next and they're the ones that are going to get they're going to get the the score and I I don't know I man just seeing how easy it was I I don't know what else you could ask from this offense. Well, you can't ask for much more except you got to protect your quarterback. I feel and uh, they ran they we came back and ran that same play they did against San Jose when he comes out like an option and throws that swing pass to the back or tight end that they scored a touchdown on. And you're going to get him leveled by somebody. 
I think you got to really protect him a, a lot more than I wouldn't run that play. There's other ways to get outside. I would protect him more, and but that's of course not my choice. Uh, but uh, I like that individual efforts. You can look at the individual efforts, and I think that the individual efforts show that I think Lloyd loves the game of football and loves to play, and I think he's going to be a very dangerous back. I would have liked to seen the backs get more. Running uh, experience, the whole group, was they practice every day and they don't get many reps, and you got to keep that group happy too, as well as you do the receiver group. But when you can do everything, uh, you want to try to give guys a little bit of experience and you work on the things you're going to need down the road. You're going to need some things down the road that aren't going to be so easy, so you better work on those things. Your passing game will be there, but you have great athletes and you've got a great quarterback. But there's going to be times when you need to get that tough one yard or two yards or maybe it's second and one and you want to just run it down to a throw to do these different type of things. And I was very impressed. I think Lloyd's a back. I think Jones ran well, too. But, you know, I think everybody could run well. But I'd like to see them more get more turns. And I think the timing of a running back, working with your offensive line, but your offensive line is always pass blocking. You got to give him some experience as far as getting off the football and and uh, running the football, which protects your quarterback more, and you have more play action pass and so on going on, which is more Miller uh, Miller Moss's type of uh, football in case they need that later on, in case something happens to Caleb, which you hope never does. And on the defensive side, I really thought Davis played a good game. I like Davis sitting there at the linebacker. Uh, I think he's that's an upgrade on that side of the football. I think Bird is really playing well. He's really coming across the line of scrimmage. I like the way he has really improved a lot from this year and last year. Muhammad, of course, is playing well. Hendricks, I like him. He's a, he's a little nasty, and I like that type of play on the defensive side. Lee is playing better than he's played before. And then, of course, Alexander and Bard in the middle. I love them. They're powerful, good guys. They love the game of football. You can tell who loves to play football. Secondary, still got some work to do. You can't break down in the secondary. You can't have guys wide open. And you got to still tackle well. And they still think they got to tackle a little bit better as far as the secondary is concerned. Bullock made a nice play and a nice hit on the tackle. Now, that Bullock's a hell of a player. I'd like to see him. He sort of sets the tone as far as the way you're supposed to hit in the secondary. So, uh, overall-wise, an A as far as score-wise and so on. Did it help you become a better football team when it's that easier? I'm not sure. Going into a bye, how much you're going to hit. Then you've got, I think you've got an Arizona school who lost. You've got another Arizona school that lost. And then you get you start to get into teams that are going to hit you back. Yeah, that's. Uh, you, you talk about the defense a little bit. I want to go back to that if you can. Um, five three and out drives. I mean, they just got a lot of stops when... The te- you know your your opponent's only scoring three points and you know the, most of the game, that's something. Uh, Jalen Smith was leading the team in tackles. They only had two sacks in this one, um, and you know ending up knocking out Ashton Daniels early on. Um, and uh, Justin Lampson comes in, who transferred in from Syracuse. wasn't really even a much of a quarterback there. I mean, I think he played like tight end or so. He played something else. I forgot. And um, yeah, there's it's. You know, the situation was he was kind of taking off and running, but they just never seemed to be able to to do much. USC had nine tackles for loss in the game, forced, you know, a bunch of fumbles, uh, recovered a couple of them, you know, had the interception, Max Williams that nearly returned 
for a touchdown. You know, one of those sacks was a sack fumble. Uh, Jamil Mohamed come from behind. So it, it just seemed like defensively, I don't know what you want to say about it, but, uh, you know, it, it, a lot of guys participated. It seems like a lot of different guys made plays. Um, and really the, the defensive front was so disruptive and really wouldn't allow Stanford to do much of anything uh, when they were trying to get their offense going. No, I agree with you. And again, you got to look at Stanford. They played Hawaii. And, you know, really, I want to say Hawaii's not very good, but I'm going to say it. They're not very good. And they had that win there. I think they scored 34, 38 points against them. With no big deal. And uh, so, you know, you count it number three. You always take a W. It's the number one best thing you do. You get that W and you move on. And right now, you just got to make sure you don't think you're better than what you are. Uh, going into a break and you got to work hard and remember everybody's now pointing for you and you've got some games in front of you that are going to be really tough football games you're a team that everybody wants to beat that's something you want to be you want to be that team so now you've got to get ready for that and the challenges of uh, being USC Trojan football with the tradition and I hope you can get better during this week coach the uh you know, it's like you mentioned, bye week uh, coming into this. Um, you know, USC is going to have a little bit of time off and then nine straight weeks against Power Five opposition. But on Sunday morning, we're recording this Sunday afternoon, the uh, the AP and the coaches, coaches poll came out. USC, we'll look at the AP poll, um, up to number five, up one spot from number six. So Ohio State dropped down. Texas jumped in. Um, and Alabama dropped uh, out of it. So USC does move up uh, one spot, I and mean, it doesn't matter too much, but kind of any thoughts on uh, the Associated Press uh, new poll with Georgia 1, Michigan 2, Florida State uh, 3, Texas moving ahead of USC after beating Alabama 4, and then USC at number 5. Well, uh, I still got USC at 6. Because uh, of their opponents, I'm not saying they can't play with anybody above them, but they really haven't been challenged. I mean, when you look at Alabama dropping down, where they played Texas, Texas is a pretty good football team, went in there and beat them. I, I like Sark's team. They're really pretty good. Georgia, well, how can you move them down? And then, of course, you've got Ohio State. They haven't really played that well. They've got a quarterback situation to try to figure out. Uh so I've got Texas up there. I've got them number six in my poll. Uh, I come out with my poll. I'll probably release it tomorrow or the next day. And uh, it's, uh, it's hard to figure when you haven't really been tested. And they haven't really been tested. You saw what happened in Nevada. They got beat 33-7 by Idaho. So, you know, not that Idaho doesn't have a good football program, but it certainly isn't going to be Notre Dame. Or well, it's not going to be Utah or some of the teams that they're still going to have to pay a play. So they haven't been tested. And uh, San Jose has been the best team they've played. There's no question in my mind San Jose would beat Stanford. And they would also, well, beat Nevada. They'll do that later on in conference play. But they haven't been tested, so I can't put them any higher than that. I put them right there at the beginning of the year. And that's exactly where I have them right now. Any other thoughts, Coach, from uh, from the game? I think I like what you're talking about, that the team hasn't really been tested yet. Um, Lincoln Riley talks about you can only play who's on your schedule. 
So they've been playing those teams. Um, all of them have been overmatched. All of them have been, uh, you know, winning by <laughs> just, you know, almost naming the score. Uh, you know, I guess you could say, you know, it, it's just one of those things. That's all you can do. But I guess, the, I mean, it seems like you don't want to take too much away from it just because the, the, the opposition gets a lot better coming up later. Right. You know, and I'm not trying to take away the victories and that, and he doesn't have a thing to do with the scheduling. That was been done. Okay. But it just happened to end up that way. And that's who you play one at a time. It doesn't make any difference, but I don't know if it's good for you. I'm talking about, is it good for you as a football team not to be tested and then come back and make those type of plays like Oregon was tested yesterday at Texas tech and they found a way to win. And I think that's something you can't learn without being put in that situation. You've got to be put in that situation Washington State was in against Wisconsin and, and these other teams were against. Uh, Arizona was in, put in that situation against Mississippi State, went overtime down there in Starksville, just couldn't get it done. But you're put in a certain situation you can't practice. You don't practice these things. You might go through two-minute offense and this and that. But until you're there on the field and it comes down and you look at the clock and you're playing against somebody that's testing you and you have to perform, that's something you can't learn unless you're there. Now, that makes sense, Coach. It's it's uh, cruising to victory week after week is great, but once you face some real adversity, you hadn't you hadn't had to do that before. So, um, I mean, sometimes we see this in playoff situations where, like in the NFL, where the top two seeds get a bye – and then, or, you know, however they, they, I believe that's how they would do it. And, you know, you get a buy, the team you're playing has already won a game because they had to play. And, uh, you know, the, they were put in through a playoff situation already where you weren't, you're going into it, you know, with that extra week. So it's, uh, it's one of those things where you haven't been tested yet and it could come back to, uh, you know, I guess, you know, that it's one of those issues you want to be tested. Um, and maybe USC is just so good that it's going to be hard to be tested, but, they certainly weren't even close to <laughs> tested uh, by any of the teams in the you know on the, on the schedule. San Jose State got a little feisty, but outside of that, that was it. No, they're, they're, they're much better of a football team than the three teams they played. So we all know that. We're all admitting that. I think Lincoln Riley would admit that. Everybody's admitting it. So I'm just talking about where you are as a football team and where you're going as this football team is headed. And you've got to prepare for what's ahead of you, not what you've done in the past. The past you don't care about anymore. What you're looking at is the future and how have you worked and how are you ready and what have you been tested at or how can you test yourself to make sure you're ready for that test. All right, Coach. Well, why don't we take a quick break? We'll come back and we'll do some questions. Back in a minute. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Are you looking to advertise a campaign, short film, a public service announcement, an important message? Look no further than Regency Outdoor. We have been around since 1974 and have the greatest locations in Southern California for your advertising goals. Our creative billboards are sure to catch everyone's attention, make an impact anywhere and everywhere in Southern California. To get started and for more information, call 310-657-8883 or visit regencyoutdoor.com. Regency makes it easier than ever to get your message everywhere in Southern California. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle Podcast. We got a email from our buddy Dan, class of 62. He says, wow, that was the most complete game dominance that I have ever seen from a Trojan team. My compliments to Coach Riley for playing second, third, and walk-on team players in the entire second half. He is building a fantastic total roster and not just building stats. My only regret is that none of Caleb Williams, Zachariah Branch, and the defensive highlights uh, were going on the college football final shows because of the stupid Pac-12 TV scheduling. Georgia scored 45 against Ball State. Ohio scored 35 against Youngtown, Youngstown State. And USC scores 49 in two quarters against Stanford, a true FBS team. And ESPN, ESPN analyst kept them ahead of USC in the playoff picture. There was no team or player better than USC and Caleb Williams yesterday. If Caleb does not win this, a second Heisman, it will be a travesty of football justice. By the way, the defense looked as good or better than any other team yesterday. Fight on and keep winning, Dan of 60, class of 62. Dan, I love your pride, buddy. And you've got that pride there. And uh, I thought they'd look good, too. I have to agree with you. We haven't denied that at all. And I think Caleb uh, is off to a great start. But uh, I don't know how much of the nation is seated. They've read their, their stats, but the first two games was the Pac-12 network, which probably nobody can get anymore. I don't even know. And last night's game started at 7.30, so on the East Coast, where you have a lot of votes, and, you know, it's pretty tough. They don't always want to vote for a West Coast guy. They haven't had a chance to see Caleb yet. So uh, I think that he's certainly deserving of, uh, uh, he's certainly, uh, well, they, they predict him as the number one person so far in the Heisman Trophy race, but it's far too early. 
They start talking about those type of things. You start talking about those things, then you become too worried about those things, and then you get involved in the stats of a game, and what's our stats and this and that, and you forget that the number one thing is a left-hand column, which means the win-or-loss column. So I think they've just got to worry about that. And yes, they did look great, and they did play a team, and they did do anything they wanted to do, but the season's just starting. Yeah, I agree with you there, Coach. Uh, you don't want to jump down. It's not a travesty if he doesn't win the Heisman. It's uh, you know three games in, so there's a lot of football left to be played. Uh, he's got to have those kind of performances against the Oregons and Notre Dames and Washingtons, and then I think it'll be a different story. All right, we got a voicemail for you. Short one for you, Coach. Here you go. Uh, the Grinch quieted. The critics play damn good tonight. L from PA, it's 2 a.m. Good night. Fight on. What was that? So he said uh, how, how the Grinch silenced his critics. Um, so basically, Alex Grinch, a lot of criticism after week one. Not much to complain about the last couple of weeks, but you know there was not been very popular assistant coach with Many uh, USC fans, but I don't know how much you, you know how much better you could play on defense uh, than they did on Saturday night. But yeah, there, any thoughts on sort of the uh, criticism of Alex Grinch and the defensive uh, scheme and everything uh, settling down a little bit? I think it's settling down. I think it's settling down. Uh, I think the players you you heard Caleb say it on his podcast. He's sick of hearing it. As far as the defense isn't any good, and they're all on the same football team, and I think people are getting tired of hearing that. I'm sort of getting tired of hearing it. Let kids play. You know, every time you talk like that, these kids have to hear all that stuff, and I don't think it's really a positive thing for the kids. I mean, you put them in a position where they don't think they're any good, and and that's not good either. So I think I like a couple of the new schemes and things he's changed. As far as with the defense, I, I think the kids are playing harder. And I think once he figures out who his best players are, and I think he's starting to figure that out, because I can certainly uh, figure it out on who I want on the field. Uh, I think, and I'm not going to tell you who I don't want on the field, because I don't think that's right. But, but I'm telling you that, you know, that you, you have what you have. The players you have, you have what you have. Now put them in a position where you can be successful and they can play the plays and the techniques and the things you ask them to do. Don't ask them to do something they can't do in the secondary or up front. So you have what you have and you go out there and play and uh, it's very easy to, you know, be critical. And I am, I'm, I'm just giving you my opinion when I'm critical as a coach as far as what I see if it was my team or how I would handle it differently. But, you know, you hear enough of uh, they're not very good and you should fire this coach and this and that. You know, until you've coached, you really don't know what it's like working with kids. So uh, give the guy a chance, and, and, and I agree. They haven't been very good defensively, okay? I'm the first one to agree. But I'm saying also the kids listen to you telling them they're not any good, and how does that help? Yeah. All right, Coach, we got one last one for you. It's a text message. Rick in the San Gabriel Valley says, Hello, Ryan and Coach Hyde. Caleb Williams is great. The USC defense is much improved. But my question is, who do we have after Caleb leaves for the NFL? Every time Miller Moss enters the game, to me, he's not very inspiring and doesn't seem to produce much points. You guys are great. Thanks for bringing us uh, the fantastic content. Rick from the San Gabriel Valley. 
Well, Carly, right now, that's your backup. That's your guy. And, you know, he's going to open up against LSU in Las Vegas next year. So uh, what you got to do, you have a different quarterback, so you got to do different things. Unless someone else comes along, that is better. So you've got to put the offense around your t- your personnel, and that's why you hear me say you have to put a different package in for Miller Moss. See, he's not going to run around and, and do the things Caleb did. There's going to be a big drop-off on that. So you've got to give him experience, but yet again, you've got to put an offense in that he can and run and operate on, and that's running the football, play-action pass, of course, using the receivers, keeping him moving around, uh, because if he's going to sit in the pocket all the time, they know he they'll go after him. Because he can't, you know, they don't worry about containing him as much as they have to do Caleb. And he's not going to run up the middle. He's not going to do different things. So they're going to have to put in, and I have always said, if you throw the football as much as you throw the football, I don't know why you don't run a draw or lead draw pass or something that you can hold the linebackers and throw in behind them. And they throw the ball an awful lot, but you don't see them screening to their backs much. You don't see them running any type of draws. They did run a jet sweep last night when he went under center to hold the backside. You know, there's a lot of those little things I'd like to see him have more so that when Miller Moss plays, there's more of a play action. There's more of, of a complete offense with series than it is right now. It's almost right now as the teams they've played against run anything you want, and it's probably going to work. Uh, one thing I would say, Rick, is um, this is unprecedented what we're seeing. Miller Moss came in for garbage time and played a half a football against a conference opponent. And I thought he's looked very good doing it. He's been really efficient. Um, you know, he had a nice touchdown run. He has more touchdown runs this season than Caleb Williams does. <laughs> he has two and Caleb Williams has one. Um, but, you know, uh, he had that long touchdown pass to Deuce Robinson. When you're talking about a quarterback coming in and really just doing garbage time, I don't know what else you would want to see from Miller Moss. And we don't know. I mean, as of right now, he's the clear number two guy. Um, We'll see how Malachi Nelson, the former five-star quarterback, develops, who's, you know, he's just been there for a little while. And, you know, I mean, Lincoln Riley has gone to the transfer portal before. They could potentially bring somebody in from the portal, you know. Um, so I wouldn't, uh, that's the last thing I'd be worried about really is like, who's going to be the quarterback next year? Like they have, they're three and oh, they're blowing everybody out. They have a really good chance to make a, an amazing run this year. Um, but I, I wouldn't be discouraged thinking if you knew Miller Moss was going to be your starting quarterback next year, that you don't like what you've seen from him. I'm not sure what you're looking at, but for, we, we hardly ever get to see a backup quarterback kind of run the offense like a normal quarterback. And that's really what we're getting to see. And from what I've seen, it looks like Miller Moss is doing a nice job of it. I think he is, and I think he's a winner, and I, he's a good kid. I'm telling you, he could have been around the country like everybody else. Uh, Dart throwing touchdowns out of Mississippi. Daniels throwing touchdowns out of Rice. He stuck around. He didn't leave. He had a chance to leave two years uh, in a row, but he stuck around and assumed his role. And you got to respect him for that. And... uh you know, when, you, when you're following and you're backing up a Heisman Trophy winner, uh, you know, it's, it's a little more difficult than just backing up somebody else because uh, everybody compares you and you're going to be a drop-off from what the Heisman Trophy winner is. Normally that's true unless you have another potential Heisman Trophy winner sitting there or alternating or Caleb's ready to get beat out. So uh, 
I would say right now you're in good shape. I think he's a, a good player and he can execute. You just haven't seen enough of him. And I agree with you, uh, Ryan. I think he'll do a good job. And once you're a leader and you've got control of your team, it's a completely different feeling as far as with your teammates and so on when you enter the game. Yeah. Okay, Coach. Well, great stuff. Um, any final thoughts before we uh, let you go? No, I just think uh, you've got to be really happy you're 3-0, and and you've got to really be happy that you've really been pretty much injury-free. You've been able to win games without Cobb, the linebacker, and and some of the other players that have been injured. Uh, you've got to heal up, and you've got to continue to work hard. And somehow during the next week, they're going to have to hit each other. I, I would think you would. I, I would. Uh, as far as keeping the, the intensity and your timing and so on before you have to go on the road and play someone. So I just want to cross-promote a, a little bit, Ryan, and uh, remind everybody Sunday mornings I'm on and in the morning at 10 o'clock on AM 830, the Angel Station. I won't be on the next two weeks because we have a conflict with the Angels and uh, the Raiders that the station carries, but uh, we'll be back in October. And again, I want to thank you and all of our people out there that listen to the podcast. And remember, it's just our opinion. You have an opinion. Everybody has an opinion. And uh, we appreciate you listening. All right, Coach. Thank you for uh, coming on and chatting about the USC football team with us and uh, everyone out there. Thank you very much for, for listening. We appreciate you and uh, hope you guys are enjoying the season. A little break uh, with a bye week. Uh, we will be, uh, we'll have a, if you're listening on Sunday, Sunday night tunnel vision. We'll be back, uh, recapping the show. And then we won't have a preview show, uh, this week cause there's a bye week, but we'll be back uh, next week with a preview show on Thursday. And then another recap when USC goes on the road for the first time, taking on, uh, Arizona state. So it should be a lot of fun, but I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this show and we will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.